Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This episode is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com for small batch roasted to order coffees and use the coupon code MICCAFE to get 10% off of your order. I am Joe Darnell and joining me today is Mr. Eric Rauch. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. This is Wednesday, April 15th. Yeah, my favorite day. I turned 30 yesterday. You turned 30? Yeah. April 14th, 2015 is my 30th birthday. You're officially out of your 20s. This will be a day long remembered and forgotten. (laughs) Already falling into the past. Yeah, the the milestones of, of, of age aren't quite as significant as we think they they should be or that, that or that they will be no they're really not uh, my son was asking me the other day he's like where's the cake and i was like uh <laughs> mom and dad didn't think about the cake and he looked at us in astonishment <laughs> yeah like, what is there a point where you don't celebrate birthdays that way there was somebody who offered to make me a cake and i asked them could you make one with the rainbow colored apple logo on it and they said that would actually be pretty easy but then they didn't get around to it. <laughs> so I guess it's not that easy. It's, it's easy to say it. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess if I had handed them a check on the spot, right. it'd have been easier. Easier. Yeah. That would have alleviated some, some difficulty. And this episode, episode 13 of Top Brew, Eric, I, I thought it was high time that we get around to talking about French press coffee makers. We've talked about Aeropresses. We even talked about Chemex, which we hardly ever use. <laughs> we've talked about burr grinders. We've talked about roasting profiles, uh, coffee tastings. We have explored many angles, which I am proud of. We've even had people on the show that talked about espresso makers mm-hmm. before we got around to French press coffee makers. Well, maybe in an official capacity we've talked about french press i don't know if in comparison to the other makers there's no yeah but but there's no official show dedicated to the french press like there are the aeropress the chemex and and other and other devices the french press if you're not familiar with it people was invented a long time ago i think it was 1929 which predates the chemex coffee maker and this is what looks like a um, a pitcher. It could be made of metal. It could be made of glass. It could be made with a um, a, a synthetic handle. It could be made with any kind of handle, really. Stainless but, steel. They, they make stainless steel. Yes, they do, and they look very fancy. So. Mm-hmm. I, I admire the design of any French press coffee maker, except for the ones that are heavy on the plastic. They look like overalls made of plastic for the glass uh, beaker or something. So you, you, it's like you have the, the main glass cup with a spout on the tip. And what you do is you sit it down into this plastic sleeve with a plastic base. And if you look at the thing, it kind of looks like plastic overalls around a glass. <laughs> I don't care for those designs. I don't know. I don't know if I what you're talking about, but, but yeah, there's all sorts of different designs. Um, externally, but but internally, they're all basically the same. And they come in various sizes, depending on how many cups of coffee you would like. Right. So we we have the even they even make a three cup coffee French press, which we were talking about this before. And if Eric, you're right, it's very true that you know when they say it's you know three cups of coffee or eight uh, eight cups or twelve cups, they're not really using a great form of measurement there. No, and f- and my experience has been that 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 it's it's it varies from maker to maker. Sometimes it's four ounces. Sometimes it's four point four ounces for some obscure reason. You know, I, I it, but it it certainly doesn't mean cup in the in the kitchen sense. A, a cup, as in what it was, it eight ounces mm-hmm. is a cup. I mean, it, it it certainly doesn't mean that. 
you know, what it brings to mind, come to think of it, is how, you know, if you go to any kind of coffee house, they're going to have their own, uh, like, 8-ounce, 12-ounce, you know, 14-ounce, 16-ounce, 20-ounce right. cups. And Starbucks calls the smallest one the tall, and the next one is called a grande, and the next one up is called a venti. And then there's – I think I heard recently they just came out with another cup that's bigger than the venti. But did you know there's actually – grande venti. <laughs> sure. The extra venti. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but then did you know that the reason they call the smallest one the tall is that there is another cup that is smaller than the tall, and I, it's I've, not on the I've, menu. I've heard that, and there's a, another – is it Carl's Jr. Or, or, or there's there's another restaurant where there's like a secret menu. It's not listed up there, but you can go in and you can order this. Yeah, In and Out has one. Even McDonald's has a few mystery okay. items that are not on the maybe, menu. Maybe maybe it is In and Out that I'm that I'm thinking of. But but yeah, it's Starbucks isn't 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 different in that regard. You you, you can go in there and actually order things that aren't up on the marquee that that say this is this is what we have. They actually have other things and and a lot of a lot of times what people don't don't think about is if you go in there and you want to try a coffee, they'll give you like almost a little Dixie cup size. They'll, really? Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll let you sample it before you buy it. I remember at Baskin Robbins, we would go in there and basically yeah. like sample size, all of the ice creams and before we would buy yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you set up 31 uh, little samples for me? Baskin. And so the same is uh, similar. I don't know why we got off on that rabbit trail, but it, it does. Yeah. It, the, the whole form factor measuring thing about the coffee industry is, is sort of like uh, our change of clothes. And it's, it's sometimes a medium is a medium and sometimes yeah. a medium is a large. Yeah, it's somewhat arbitrary. Um, and we find this with the French presses. It's no different. Your mileage may vary as, as the, uh, as the phrase goes. And this is why we typically prefer to use me- better measuring tools like, um, the, the weight scales, scales. on the kitchen counter. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, um, and then we'll use our, um, use basically that for the most part to measure out all the grinds and the water that we use from brew to brew. Yeah. Because then you're saying, then you're saying a gram is a gram, you know, a gram of water, a gram of coffee. You're, you're actually on a standardized scale at that point. Yeah. If you, if you tell somebody we'll use um, three tablespoons of coffee for five cups of water or, you know, you know whatever, whatever ratio you, you want to come up with. I mean, what does that even mean? Um, it doesn't mean anything to me. No. No, I mean you can't. That that's not a recipe. That's just that's you, you're saying what what you do in in your kitchen, but it doesn't it doesn't translate into the other person's kitchen because they're they're even their French press where where it's where it's delineated with cups maybe maybe different. You pour in right up to the line of of two cups, and you may have ten ounces of water. You may have six ounces of water. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there there's just no no standardization. But but weight when you put everything on a scale. Now you're dealing with when I tell you that that I use 30 grams of coffee to 450 grams of water. That's something you can replicate in your own kitchen. Speaking of uh, the measurement, you know, of measurement, I know that some people were recommending that you use a uh, one or was it 10 to one ratio, so that you would use like 400 grams of water and 40 grams of. That's, that's pretty strong. Okay, but then it also depends on the coarseness of the grind, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's all sorts of variables, but yeah, but it, I, it, I, it I generally changed. land somewhere in the in the fifteen in the 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 one to fifteen range. You know, one um, even with one the French part. press. Okay, cool. With with all of them, um, to some degree, huh. um, okay. there's anywhere from one to fifteen to one to seventeen to one. So nice. it's, it's somewhere in that. Where you're getting a better range. bang for your buck because you're making your coffee grounds go farther. Well, you're not. You're not just arbitrarily throwing. No, you're doing it based on taste too, but it's it's nice that there is that side benefit. 
Right, where, where, where you're not you're not wasting because sometimes a heaping heaping scoop <laughs> is a little bit different than the heaping scoop you had yesterday, and and over the course of a bag that that does tend to add up a little bit. You you may get an extra pot at the end if you if you measure everything exactly. Hmm. So going back to the size and shape of the French press, the vessel, you know, whether you're getting the three cup, four cup, six cup, eight cup, 10 cup, 12 cup, it's going to be a cylindrical glass vessel that goes straight up and down. It's got a flat base and you have a nice sturdy handle onto the one side. If you don't have a sturdy handle, you have a bad French press. And then opposite of the handle, you have a very small spout on the tip of the glass it's a beaker. It looks like a, it like really a beaker does. you use in chemistry class. But, you know, not everybody went to chemistry class. So this is just the French press as far as Well, and they need to look up what a beaker is. They need to go back to science That's class. That's right. In the meantime, while you're using your French press before you get there, they, you also have the press, which is this long uh, metal handle usually. It's a me- usually a metal handle with a lid up top and a little knob to grip it with. And the, the uh, did I call it already a lid? Yeah. So the lid is got this rod where the handle is attached to the rod that goes through the lead down to a round metal mesh at the base of the metal rod. And that is the, the press or rur that you stick down into your coffee solution and uh, filters out the grounds, separating it from the coffee that you have brewed and steeped and stirred and all that jazz. And, and, and the metal mesh is what catches all the grounds and presses them down to the bottom of the glass vessel creating the coffee puck and that gets all the grounds out of the ways that your brew is sitting up top inside of the glass vessel. Does very that, good. Very good. Did I really, did I ice that? Oh, well, I, I was following you, but, but I've, I've but you, a, you had, yeah, you were using the theater of the mind. De- if you were describing a French press to a blind person who's never seen one before, it may not have been as effective, but yeah, but I it, got it. Uh, this uh, that was for the visually impaired for the <laughs> people who cannot see this podcast or have never used one. Yeah. So, at this point in time of your long life, Eric, you've been using the French press for what, like 10 years, less, five years? You have it somewhere in between. It the yeah, somewhere yeah. between five and 10. I remember when we were still using the drip coffee makers years ago at the, at the offices. And I, I vaguely remember the day when you started using the French press. You were already using it at home, though, mm-hmm. by that time, right? Right. And you had it in your office. And so you would have your, you would take that to the kitchen and you would prep it all there for yourself and maybe a couple others from yeah, it was, day to day. It's the ultimate in, in coffee snobbery. You know, you, you, you bring, really... you bring your own devices and your own coffee to the office. It's, it's, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't really meant to be making no. some sort of statement or anything. It's no. like, this is just, this is important to me. And this is, and this sure. is what I like. Take it up. Um, and then, and then it, it, kind of found a couple other devotees. We have a lot to thank the French press for because without it, we would have ultimately never ended up with the coffee roasting company called Thrasher Coffee. Probably true. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really instrumental for the entire business. Right. Because I remember in those days, we weren't thinking about the other fiddly kind of coffee makers, the, uh, the Chemexes and the, oh, no. the pour overs. No, this was the, just, this was just 60s. an alternative to what was, what was currently available. Yeah, and it was it was vastly superior. So we were just we were just doing that, and then and then yeah, we already told the story. But when you when you brought in the AeroPress that first day, that was that was like a, a paradigm shifting. Like what? There's other there's <laughs> other things too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. It's it's like it's not as clumsy or random as a laser blaster. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, there, there's a, um, we were watching the, the first half of the final season of Mad Men. There's a scene where Megan's going to make Don coffee in the morning when they're out in, they're out in California and she's getting a Chemex ready. Really? Yeah. And, and if I didn't know that the Chemex was, had, had been around since what, 1941. If it's um, good enough for Don, it's good enough for it's me. Just, it was just, it was just weird to, to think that, you know, my, my, my grandparents may have had one. May, they may have had a Chemex. They very well may have. And, and I know for a fact that they, that they had a, a French press. Huh. I don't know that they ever used it, but, hmm. but I, but I, I just remember seeing it up in their, in their cabinet. Yes, our, grandpa- see through. our grandparents had all kinds of things in their houses that they never used. My, my wife's par- uh, grandparents passed away last year. Something that we recovered from their old house was a box of long, long stick matches. Mm. And, I, and I, I use them here at the house. These matches, seriously, they, they still had the original packaging material on them. And I, I don't know how old they are. But they're crazy old. <laughs> they could easily and they work. have been and they forty work, or fifty years they old. They work perfectly well. They're they're you get you buy the wooden matches today, and they're just junk. Yeah, they're you you have to go through two or three of them to get one that actually None burns. None of this environmentally friendly stuff. No, and it doesn't it it doesn't it it doesn't burn for very long. Um, but those old blue tip matches, man, those things were no. This this predates those. Uh, these had like uh, pink tips, yellow tips, green tips, oh, black really? tips. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's. That you know, back then they made stuff. I, so I mean, it's it's all that to say is it that it's this is sort of a rediscovery. Yeah, when the electric um, coffee pot and other things came along, our grandparents and perhaps our parents they were put, already using something up, else. Yeah, before. put up the manual stuff. Well, now we're now we're in the uh, in the twentieth century. Now we're using yeah, we're using yeah. the electronic machine, and now we're we're returning to these these old tried and true manual ways to say, yeah. hey, this is actually. A whole lot better than 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 the technological advances that were given to us, you know, in the late or the eighties or nineties. Or we're whatever. all hipsters in our own way. Oh yeah, yeah. Some you uh, use record players. Some people have beards. We yeah. have French presses. We do. We do have French presses. But that makes us just like Don Draper. So well, he had a Chemex. Yeah, but I have one too. <laughs> so let's get into the recipe here in a minute. First of all, I want to talk about our sponsor. I want to say thank you again to Thrasher Coffee for providing support for Top Brew's podcast and the website. Thrasher is a small batch roaster of high-quality, responsibly sourced coffee. They don't roast until you order, and so that means that they have assured your beans will brew as fresh as they can get without roasting them yourself. And Thrasher sources beans from around the world, and every bag is a full 16-ounce pound. That's 30% more coffee than most other coffee roasters pack. So it's definitely more bean for your buck. Thrasher doesn't roast for supermarkets. They roast exclusively for you. Their original coffee roasts are designed for discerning coffee lovers. And the only way to ensure you're brewing the freshest coffee every day is with a coffee subscription. You'll get extraordinarily fresh beans delivered to your door every two weeks or once a month. And the plan's prices start at just $17.99 per pound, and shipping is always a flat rate of $5. Choose your roast, then choose your frequency at thrashercoffee.com. Thrasher always treats top brew listeners like the beautiful coffee enthusiasts that you all are. And so you'll get 10% off of your first purchase with the coupon code MCCAFE at checkout. And what's really nice about that is if you sign up for the subscription on your first order, you will get 10% off of that subscription. So my thanks to Thrasher Coffee for supporting Top Brew and Eric Rauch, who is their coffee roaster, if you didn't already know that. Okay, so let's get down to the recipe for the French press. Eric, 
you brew a lot more French press than I do. I, I have brewed some French press, but it has been a while. And I'm not rusty, but I, I'm going to take the back seat and let you drive. Um, and uh, my comments are mainly going to be concerning um, this and that, where my where my recipe has varied from yours. I think yours is far more refined because anytime you've made French press coffee that I have tried, I simply loved it. I, I, I there's some kind of special thing you're doing that I'm not doing correctly consistently. Yours has turned out relatively consistent, which I find to be the real hard trick about um, French press mastery. Hmm. So you want to go into the French press for me? Sure. Um, like we've already talked about, the ratio of of coffee to water is, it's going to be dependent upon your taste. I use a ratio of 16.75. So um, it's for 40 grams of coffee, that's going to be 670 grams of water. Give or take, you know, give, um, maybe do 650 grams of water. If you want a little, a little bit stronger, um, do seven, which is a, which is a lighter ratio than the others that I've seen across the internet, which yeah. is good, which yeah. is cool. I yeah, mean, some eat your, your are, own way, but. now typically when we're at home, we use the French press almost ex- exclusively. Sometimes I'll use the Chemex if it's a, if it's a lighter roast, but the reason we use the French press almost exclusively is because my family likes darker roasts. We're, we're using the, the French press. To do that, um, when you say darker, you mean medium dark, or do you mean dark roast? Typically dark, um, like like beyond second crack, um, hmm. a, a little bit, a little bit darker, somewhere between um, medium dark and dark. You know, okay. you know, anywhere in that. The reason we do that is because the French press, I think, brings out the uh, the nuances of the dark of the dark roast better. You get a more representation of the body. Hmm. There is some some fine sediment. coffee sediment. Some people call chalk. floating around there. Some people don't like it at all. You know, they like a very clean cup of coffee. Some people like me. Yeah, I do. I, I don't. I don't mind it. I guess. I guess because I'm used to it. Um, and some people prefer it. Yeah, and uh, just like just like some people like their tea stronger or weaker or um, immersive. Some people prefer to drink their tea with the tea bag still left in it. With the tea bag left in it, and um, they'll put the they'll put the tea leaves all right. in there, and they'll and they'll kind of filter with their teeth or with their their tongue. Um, mm. So I mean, again, it's all. It's all subjective. It's all based on on your personal preference. That, but that's the ratio I use: sixteen to sixteen, uh, or sixteen to seventeen, somewhere in that in that range for a darker roast. Maybe a little bit lower for a uh, a lighter roast. A lot of times, people think that well, if it's if it's, if it's coming out of a press, it's gonna it's gonna have a more robust flavor. Well, not necessarily. It depends depends heavily on the roast, and it de- depends heavily on the beans. Um, it also depends on the water. Um, so obviously, use filtered water. You want to minimize as many variables as you can. So, um, you know, try to use filtered water. Don't use distilled water. There's nothing left in, in distilled water. There's no minerals or anything left in there for the coffee molecules to attach to. Interesting. So it, it doesn't, you get, you get a little bit more bland cup of coffee, I think, with distilled water. Um, so I've heard, I, I've heard I prefer that from to use other sources as well. I, and I use the, uh, the Camelback water pitcher, which seems to work, work really well for me. It, it, it filters twice. When you put the water in, it filters it going into the pitcher, and then it filters it when you're pouring it out. There's actually two different filters on it. Um, four minutes is is what we let the what we let the the immersion happen. The steeping time. And now, some people I've come across they let the steeping time go for about a minute, and then they stir it a little bit more, yeah. or they fiddle with the press and they get the metal mesh down a little bit, and they kind of pump it once to kind of re- recirculate the grounds. Do you care about any of that? No, I don't. Um, it, have, I, no, have you tried it? I have. I've tried all sorts of different ways, and I mean, if there is a difference, it's pretty minute, at least to my taste. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not noticing it. Wow, that was that was so much better. 
I go for simplicity. So we grind the coffee, throw it in the bottom of the French press, get the water boiling. If you have a kettle where you can regulate the temperature, try to get it about between 200 and 205 degrees. And I, and I would recommend the same. I like that temperature with the results it gives. But if not, let it turn off and then and then wait for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, and then dump it in. And that would vary depending on how much you boiled in the first place. Like if you boiled well more than 600 grams, like if you were bo- boiling a pot, a whole pot of water, then it would take longer for it to cool. If you had the right measurement, just give it 30 seconds to a, a minute tops. Yeah. A, a larger mass of water that is, that is just gonna, yeah. to, it, it's going to take longer to cool It insulates off. itself, yeah. So we put the grounds in the bottom of the French press. Um, uh, what do you mean? With the lid and everything separate. So oh, okay. in the we, bottom of the before beaker. Before you've poured the water, yeah. Yeah, pour the grinds in there. Um, and then w- when the water's ready, pour that in. You can pour it in slowly. You can pour it in. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, everybody's going to – you have to have a gooseneck kettle that you poured in at 30 grams per half a second. I, take I, take I, a minute to pour. Yeah. Pour gently. Pour gently. I, <laughs> That's the one I love. <laughs> yeah, I I just one of the things I I do is I if I tend to pour it in somewhat quickly. So yours is more like a deluge. Yeah, because I stir and I'll I'll get everything mixed up and down under the surface of the water. But another reason I do that is because it's it's also a a quick test on how fresh the beans are. If you if you pour real slowly, you're not going to see n- notice much difference between fresh beans and 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 not fresh beans. But if you if you dump your water in there, you're going to get a lot of foam on fresh beans. Interesting. On on fresh grounds, it's it's gonna it's gonna foam up pretty. And you quickly. have a lot of space to afford the foam in a French press, whereas some coffee makers it may yeah. it may get kind of close to the brim, and you and you wouldn't want that. But right. you have a little extra room to grow uh, that that foam in a French press. Yeah, it's it's just it's just something that that I've um, gotten the habit of doing. It it's not I, again. I don't know that it affects flavor all that much, but but then I'll use a a fork or a spoon or something. Um, and I'll, I'll and I'll stir it and I'll, just to get everything down under the surface of the water. You're so practical. You'll just grab a butter knife, whatever, uh, whatever's in the drawer. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a magical wooden spoon. Oh, dude, that, that I, I use in my French press. There are people who I know believe in the magical wooden spoon. I know. I read a brewing guide today that said to use a bamboo stick or chopsticks. Oh, okay. All right. You know, whatever. You know, whatever you want to use, that's fine. I use a fork. Is is that a bamboo fork? No. Is that a plastic fork? No. Actually, a, you've done it with plastic and with metal it's a, forks. It's a, it's a Walmart fork. <gasps> get get 10 for 99 cents at Walmart. What happens all in the you're kitchen trying to stays do is, in the kitchen. Yeah. All you're trying to do is stir it. And it, it tastes the same, people. It, it, it doesn't get, it's not going to make a difference. It, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure some people are going to insist that it doesn't, but, but you know, it does. But again, that goes back to the fact that we're not as, um, like, we do care about the art of the thing. Sure. But we care more about the end result of the thing. And if it doesn't make a difference, then it doesn't make a difference. There's, there's a, a fine line between art and practicality. So I, I care about the process, but I don't care about it so much that I'm completely crazy about it. And then you let it steep. And this is the French press is an immersion brewer, which is actually, if you think about it, it's kind of the opposite of a drip. Hmm. What what you're allowing to do in the immersion coffee is is let the coffee fall down through the water because they naturally rise at first when you first they float, it. but as they get saturated, they start to fall. And then in a drip brewer, you're doing the opposite. The coffee's stationary, and you're pouring the water through. Yeah. So the water's pulling through the coffee using gravity. This is the other way around. You're you're allowing the the, the coffee to get immersed inside the water and then it falls out, it starts to fall down. And then when you, when you press the screen down after four minutes or five minutes or, you know, whatever your, your magical 
time frame is. Some people I've seen have done it down to like two minutes and 45 seconds. And yeah. I've seen other extremes where it was like um, six or seven minutes. Yeah. Again, you know, it's all, it's all based on personal preference. You do get a different result. Like a, you will make it stronger coffee. Right. Of course. If yeah. you go longer. Yeah. It's, it's just like, like leaving, leaving your tea bags in there for, for three minutes or, or, or seven minutes or, you know, you're going to notice a difference, but it's, it's not going to be so overwhelmingly different that you're, whoa, wait, wait, yeah, that's, if you lose track of time and you typically press at four minutes and you realize, oh, I, I got distracted and, and it's now five and a half minutes, you don't have to dump it. You don't have to throw it away. Just press it and drink it. You know, it'll be all right. So that's what you're doing. You know, you're letting it immerse, you're letting it, letting it steep inside the glass beaker. Um, and then you're taking the press, the screen part, and pressing that down to the bottom of the beaker, taking as many of the grounds as that, as, as that screen is able to filter out. There's going to be some fine, um, right, well, because, fine particulate matter in there. You know, you're not going to get it all. Because this press is made of a metal mesh that has some, uh, you know, relatively large holes that allow for the chalk-sized se- sediment to right. filter through. Right, because you're 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 taking the screen and pushing it through the solution, the coffee solution. Now, 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 chemistry has happened. Water and coffee have this new chemical compound, mm-hmm. this dark elixir of the gods. Ah, that you're now taking the screen and trying to push the grounds out of the way. You're you're pushing them to the bottom of the beaker so that you can now you can pour and 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 get your elixir out of your out of your press. And then and then when you're done, you you pull the screen out, you uh, rinse the grounds out a little bit, throw them away. They make great uh, composting material with the spent grounds. Sure does. Yeah, it really does make great compost material as yeah. long as you find a way to save it or take it directly to the garden. Yeah, and it, it, it can add up pretty quickly. It can, yeah. You know, if you're a regular coffee drinker making, making two or three pots a day, it, it adds up. So some of the pros and cons, first of all, depending on how you look at it, it is a pro or con that it doesn't use a paper filter. And so that means you don't have to buy paper filters. You don't have to remember to add them to your grocery store list. And the upside to not using the paper filter is that it allows for the coffee oils and the aromas to become more of a a, a product. A player, yeah. They're uh, not they're not getting the soaked up in the filter. And so then another thing, you have more or less total control. So you have control over variables like the temperature. And so you you may notice that if your coffee beans are especially freshly roasted that you prep your water to 205 degrees, like we recommend, that the, just, it, and the end result is a little bit extra strong for you. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to add more cream to stretch it out so that you get the, the ratio of flavors to what you like. Yeah. But if you want, then you can change the variables a little bit. So you can make it a little bit cooler water. You can bring that down to 200 degrees or dare I say even 295 degrees for the freshest, most boldest flavorful coffees. But when your coffee starts to get a little bit stale after a week or two, you crank the temperature back up so that you get more of the flavor kicked back up again. Mm -hmm. That's a nice thing that I, I like to do with my coffee and I found pretty good results. You can modify the grind. Grind yeah. makes a big. We were debating this earlier. It, and, you know, some people say use a coarser grind for the French press. And I, when I have my French press coffee, I like to have it on the fine side, of course. But again, that's just me. Yeah. And I've seen some where it's really coarse. Primarily, at least, at least for my um, for my taste, the grind doesn't doesn't make that huge of a difference on the on the end result. But it does it does make a huge difference on how easy or how um, how difficult. The French press is to push how much pressure you have to put on that screen. That's a very good point to get yeah. it through there. Because if it's if it's too fine, it's it's going to clog up the screen, and it's really hard. And to push. It's going to act like a 
like a paper filter. You know, you're gonna you're trying to push all this 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 mass of of water through this 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 clogged screen. And so that's it, one of the main reasons why you want to use a coarser grind. And when it is too coarse, though, then it's too easy to press it down. And right, you can tell because it just goes. Whoosh, and you're down. also, and if you if you're using a coarser grind, then then let it sit for a little bit longer. Let it immerse in there for for maybe six minutes. Um, if you find you have to make the, the the grind coarser to get the to get the screen to push through, well, then just just let it sit for a little bit longer because the water is going to have um, that much more time to break down the coffee grounds and extract extract the the taste from the from the grounds. So because you have a metal filter rather than a paper filter, you're going to get the sediment, which presents a bolt, a bolder bodied flavor. Yeah. And some people would say that that's a good thing. Some people would say that that's not. And again, that's up to your taste. Mm -hmm. So if you're into that sort of thing, then the French press will just rock your world. Yeah. And and one of the things that, that the French press does is it, since it allows the oils to be inside the cup. To be fused. um, The first sip you take that that oil is is gonna is gonna coat your tongue. I noticed that. Yeah, it's gonna inhibit your taste buds from tasting bitterness. The f- last few sips, or the or even the the second and third sip from from a French press, is going to taste different than the first. The first sip may 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 taste bitter to you, but then then but then the oil is gonna do its job on your tongue, and the remainder of the cup is gonna have a little bit sweeter of a of a flavor to it. And that's very nice. That's allowing the oils. To to do their job, that's what you know. The oils and the beans are, are are doing that to you as as a as a person to your to your taste buds and on your tongue. You don't get that advantage as much with uh with something with a with a pour over with a Chemex, you know, something that that does have a uh, a filter, a paper filter. And so there are some downsides to the French press. Um, one being that I personally think that it's a little bit more cumbersome to clean out as far as the presses are concerned. With pour overs. You just grab your paper filter, lift it up right out of the top, and you dump it in the mm-hmm. trash. And 99% of all the thing, your cleanup is done. In the AeroPress, you unscrew the cap, you take that right off, and then you're able to press, uh, give a good hearty like ketchup bottle press on the top of the presserer in through the, the AeroPress, and it pops the uh, coffee grounds puck right into your trash can. Right. In the case of the French press, though, the puck is down in the base. And so after you take out the uh, the metal mesh filter and stem, then you get your spoon out and you start digging it out. And it gets, you know, some of it sticks to the walls because it's moist. You know, you take it over to the sink and you start rinsing it with water. And then you turn on the garbage disposal. It's a little bit fiddlier. It takes you a few extra seconds to get this thing ready for the next brew of coffee. We use a colander. It looks like the screen on the on the French press screen okay put water in the bottom get that that puck unpuckified you know, yeah you, nice and loose and, and turn it into a slurry and then dump that through the colander you know some of the sediment's going to go down your drain but for the most part you're catching uh, 95 percent of it right there in the in the colander and then you can throw that in the garbage or in Pretty your smart. compost pile or that works or or whatever else it makes it a lot easier that's good and I, I think that a lot of people just don't have a colander <laughs> so well then get one yeah exactly come on go get one people <laughs> We'll put it in the show notes. Buy yes, it right now. Buy a colander. They're at Walmart too. <laughs> when you're there getting your forks, get your colander. Another thing that is a little bit deceptive about French press uh, is that because you can make a lot of coffee and maybe you have th- two or three cups worth, you may think, okay, well, I'll leave it here in the press and uh, I'll take my first cup. And then in you know, 30 minutes to an hour, I'll get my second cup out of the French press. I, we don't recommend that you do that. We re- don't recommend you leave the coffee in the French press. It doesn't work as a coffee pot. It's not something no. that you want to reheat. You're not going to be able to reheat this. I disagree. Okay. Where do you take it? I, I do reheat it. 
you're happy with leaving it in the French press and then well, pouring it obviously out. Obviously it's better when, when you get it the first time around. I mean, it's, it's, it's not ideal, but a, a microwaved reheated cup of French press coffee is vastly superior to any coffee that's been sitting on a, on a burner for a couple hours and, and being, oh, yes. because Absolutely. it's that, that, that just, that just cooks it. I mean, it's great that it keeps it hot, but the French press allows it to cool down naturally. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't introduce those, those, those flavors that, um, cause, cause when you, when you keep, when you keep the, even, even in a thermos, mm. and this is, this is something we, that we, we should talk about on another show. When you keep coffee hot artificially, like in an airtight thermos or something like that, you're going to notice that if you keep it in there for an hour or, or two hours, it's going to change because, because the chemical compound of the coffee is breaking down while it's sitting in that thermos, while it's artificially being kept hot. If you just allow it to to cool down to room temperature naturally, those breakdowns of of chemicals are are less likely to occur, and 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 they're less offensive in their in their taste. That when you take this and you gently heat it in the microwave, I'm not saying to you know cook it for a minute and a half in the microwave to get it to almost boiling. You know, just maybe maybe just bring it up to 160 degrees or something um, to drinking temperature. Maybe maybe put it in the microwave for 30, 40 seconds. Um, it's fine. It's it's not as good as it was right when and, you when you had it fresh, but it's still pretty good. And that's what some people notice. Like it, some people notice that after thirty minutes or so of leaving it inside the press, it begins to have the hint of sourness. Right. It, it's that kind of thing. It right? can. Um, so, in general, we recommend that when you've made a fresh um, brew of coffee, you drink it within fifteen minutes, or you get it out of its press that it was made in. Yeah, put or it just into another. Kind you don't of have to make an entire French press if if you're just only planning on drinking two cups, two or three cups. Then make about what you're going to drink the first go around. Those are really like all of our recommendations, yours and mine and ours. Uh, anything else you wanted to say about the the French press? I'm happy. I think we kind of covered it from beginning to end. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think we've. Um, if you want to get started, we would recommend you start with something that can make enough coffee for two people, so that you have the option of making less and more. You know, don't start with a three cup or four cup French press because it's already going to just make enough coffee for just one person. Yeah, the, the eight the eight cup Bodum French press is is about. I'm not saying it's the perfect it's the perfect thing, but but in terms of cost and use and ease, yeah. really the gold standard for for just getting into French press and um, yeah, experimenting and 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 it's enough. There, it's an, there's enough there for about three mugs of of coffee. I'm not even going to call them cups because we've already we've already said that's arbitrary. There you go. So that's going to wrap it up for episode 13 of Top Brew. And if you want to follow our shout outs online, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Top FM. And you can also find us on Facebook.com slash Top FM. And if you're interested in reading some coffee tips and interviews by coffee specialists and enthusiasts, visit topbrew.fm. And we would love to hear what you think of the show with a star rating and review of the podcast on iTunes. And it really does make a world of difference. So if you would just go over there, take two minutes to just look us up and click on there to give us your star rating, that would be great. If you take the time to just write us a little review, that helps other people discover the show from your feedback. And we also want to remind you that this episode's sponsor is Thresher Coffee. They really deliver on their promise to serve freshly roasted coffee to your doorstep. So use the coupon code MCCAFE, that is M-C-C-A-F-E, to save 10% on your order to keep Top Brew going. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening.